Welcome to the show where people of color tell you how they made it in life, business, and work, despite the speed bumps along the way. I'm Liz, and this is another episode of Live to Thrive podcast. We're here to charge you up. In every episode, entrepreneurs, innovators, and change makers give away all their tips and tricks and shortcuts so you can beat friction and fly higher no matter how unlikely the world thinks it is. Your story is still in the making. You will get to the top. Get inspired, get moving, prove the world wrong, and let's go. Tune into another story of someone who is just like you. What's up, Lived to Thrivers? I am your host, Lizzie Katia, and I'm here with my friend, Min Young. I'm so excited to have her on just because uh, she's just amazing. So you guys need to listen up, listen close, and get all the deets. Um, Min Young, thank you so much for being on. And also, please tell me if I pronounced your name if I butchered it, I'm so sorry. Oh no, thank you for having me. It's, yeah, simple, Minyoung, Minyoung. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, so Minyoung, I wanna know like a little bit about you. Where were you born and raised? I know you were Seattleite, so we'll get into that in a little bit, but where were you born and raised? Born and raised in Aurora, Colorado. And okay. I, Lived there all the way till high school, did my bachelor's in Michigan, did my master's in California, and then ended up moving back to Colorado because of a car accident. It like put me out of commission for almost nine, ten months. And then yeah. ended up moving to Washington March of twenty twenty one. And then Oh, that's so recent. Yeah, still recent. I lived in downtown Seattle for about a year and then we bought a house in Linwood. So now we're living in Linwood. That's awesome. So, um, Live to Thrive, as you may be asking. So, why is Minyoung on Live to Thrive? So, I just love her vibe. She does a lot of content creation. So, she is a content creator. She dances. She does a lot of amazing video work for social media. (laughs) And then she just, I don't know if this is true, but I just have seen it recently that you've been doing a lot of art so just tell me a little bit about your content creation and when did you start posting your amazing videos on Instagram I feel like I've been creating most of my life art has always been somewhere there like elementary school you always have art classes and those are probably my favorite classes I did a two-year art program in high school where the final grade was kind of majority of it weighed on our final portfolio. And I was so stressed out because everyone in my class had a distinct style and a certain level of skill it felt like. And I was so scared of not fitting a certain standard that I spent most of my time just like starting projects or pieces that I didn't even finish before starting another one that I thought would be better and just panicking for two years pretty much and that was actually my very first C plus <laughs> and but I love creating I started taking photos the very first time I had my first flip phone I remember being on the sidewalk and like flipping it upside down close to the sidewalk and being so amazed at how cool the perspective was So uh, art, 
photography, a lot of the creative stuff I think has always been in my blood, but it's not really yeah. accepted in Asian culture to be something you pursue beyond like a hobby. So I actually did my master's in acupuncture and Eastern medicine, like holistic health. And I'm currently mm -hmm. on a sabbatical. I, I, I've been working and studying my whole life. So when I moved here, I had the opportunity to kind of take a break. And yeah, I've just been giving myself permission to reconnect and rebuild my relationship with my creative, I don't know what you call it, but creative endeavor. So I've been going into content creation, photography, videography, media, and as well as just art. You can kind of see some of the stuff I've worked on over here. Yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, that's, hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> No, you did answer my question and you said something that I kind of want to touch on is you said in your culture, I know, so were you told or encouraged to go into something like acupuncture or something in the medical field instead of doing your creative endeavors? Yes, in Asian culture, I think especially for immigrant families, mm -hmm. security is a really big thing and security is often tied mm -hmm. with like how much you can make and job security, yeah. those sorts of things. So at least within my family, the options were pretty much like a doctor or a dentist. I think that was pretty much it at least. And I really didn't question much. My brother and I were both pretty subdued, really obedient, quiet kids. I didn't really question why I should or shouldn't do that. So I did a bio major, biochem major actually. And I was in pre-dent. And it wasn't until like my junior year that I learned that photography was even a major. <laughs> I like just, that's how naive and just ignorant I was. But by then it was kind of well into my studies. My parents were very much against me changing majors at that point. They just want, they really encouraged me to at least finish my degree, take the uh, DATs and have a plan B if I, ever chose not to pursue the dental path, at least I could fall back on it. But I just knew, because I've been working in the medical field since high school. I worked at a cardiac research facility in high school. Just It was all worked as a dental assistant. And I knew that I didn't want to be a dentist. I also knew that I did not want to be a Western doctor. Of course, nothing against West, Western medicine. I wanted to do something that resonated more with me and the way that I grew up, which was holistic, more of a holistic approach to life. And acupuncture really wasn't, it wasn't in my mind. I wasn't thinking about it. I actually asked my parents, I was like, hey, I kind of want to take a year off and go to LA and dance. I've always wanted to learn how to dance. That made my mom get really stressed out. She actually got more sick. She has uh, some autoimmune issues. And so I knew that, okay, like, listen, whatever I'm wanting to do, it's not worth putting my family's health and my mom's health at risk. So I, I just did a lot of research and I came across acupuncture and it really resonated with me. The whole concept of holistic health, how nothing is segregated from it's like surroundings, whether within our body or outside of our body, everything has an impact. And especially with acupuncture, the thing I really appreciate about it is that 
it factors the impact of mental health and emotions and how that creates imbalances in our body. And I've always been an emotional person, so that's what I pursued. And I feel like acupuncture is sort of a very artistic medicine. It's like within the practice itself, there's nothing textbook. It requires you to have to really ask questions, be curious about your patient, enough to understand them as an individual because it's a little different from Western medicine approach. Like two people can walk in with a headache and usually they will get prescribed a painkiller. But in acupuncture, you can have two people come in with a headache and after an intake, if we find that one person's headache is rooted in hormone imbalances versus another person's is rooted in some sort of structural damage, maybe they were in a car accident, their protocol would be totally different. Not to mention like depending on who they are and what lifestyle changes they're able to or willing to make, the protocol will change. So I just really love that individualistic, creative and proactive approach to health. And I don't know, I feel like currently I'm trying to find connections within things outside of acupuncture, whether it's art, music, other things that contribute to our well-being. What brought you to Seattle? It's interesting. I actually had the intention of spending 2020. I had a friend be very generous and he actually put me on his United Buddy benefits. And so my whole goal was to go somewhere new every month. And I knew that there was a calling in, like my chapter in Colorado was coming to a close and I was ready to move somewhere else, didn't know where. So I was gonna spend 2020 figuring out where. Seattle was, to be honest, kind of low on my list, but I had friends who lived here who were like, listen, you still have to visit. So it was on the list, mm -hmm. not high. The pandemic hit, didn't go anywhere. And then in November of 2020, after getting vaccinated, all that kind of stuff, I had an opportunity to visit my now boyfriend here we're both creatives, both met through Instagram because we were portrait photographers at the time. Both of us have since kind of gone into different directions with our photography, but yeah, I came to visit him and I fell in love with the city, fell in love with the state. I've always wanted to be somewhere that was close to the mountains, the ocean. And yeah, my first visit here, I was like, I think this is it. Yeah. and really worked out that my now boyfriend and I also hit it off. So coming here, that was just an extra bonus to close the gap. And here we are. I love it. And it's so funny because in 2020, I think people were saying like relationships in 2020 just moved really quickly. So like I met my now partner, Trevor boyfriend uh, in 2022, around the same time as you and Charlie. And um, oh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> and we also like just bought a house together and stuff like that. I'm like, pandemic relationships are the way to go. If you didn't find a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I heard I heard mixed reviews because I heard that a lot of relationships were also tested because I think a lot of people were used to having independent lives outside of their relationship prior to the pandemic. And then the pandemic 
forced couples into such close quarters yeah. where they were in constant contact. So the growing pains are real. Yeah. I've never lived with a boyfriend before and I love him to not to death. I don't want to say I love him very much. Yeah. But we've had to grow a lot. And that's like and yeah. so I think everyone had to somewhat grow in mm. the pandemic and I know you said you connected via um social media and I want to know like with social media with your portrait photography and your content creation how did you get into that content creation that aspect I've always really been drawn to the creative process art class was always one of my favorite classes. I actually had a lot of classmates I even remember in middle school who would ask me for help with struck like projects and homework that was due. I had a lot of fun. It hit kind of a low point in high school when I did a 2-year art program where I had to have a final portfolio that a lot of my grade was dependent on and I had so much like internalized pressure because all my classmates in this program had already developed distinct styles and had a certain level of skill that they were just I felt like pumping out these beautiful pieces and I came into it like not like that at all so I spent 2 years pretty much panicking and I ended up getting a, my first C plus in art class actually and Yeah, but in terms of I don't really know when I started. I've always loved it. I started taking photos with my first flip phone, going around, flipping it upside down, all different angles, getting really excited about the pictures came out that came out. My next camera was a GoPro, and I remember I just like took that thing around with me and put the interval timer timer on, bugged all my friends to pose for shots. So I didn't really start out super officially. I didn't start using official editing apps. I was always just editing on my phone with free apps that I could find. But yeah, I think it just that doesn't really answer your question because I don't know what got me started. But I've always had had an affinity to it. So yeah, I mean, you didn't answer my question. It's just like I want for me. you know being someone that does follow you on social media and stuff like that i really appreciate your creativity in the the content that you create it's not just videos here and there it's really intentional content and i know that you've been cre- starting this new i don't know what type of art it is it's like can you tell me what kind of art it is because you even taught a class about it not long ago and I was like dang that looks so cool how did you get into that so can you tell us a little bit about that uh the art that I'm doing now I honestly don't know if there's like a category with it cuz it's very experimental but yeah. I do love having a broad like I I like to have different facets to the art that I'm creating whether it's tactile um sensory I I I like having a mix of it so A lot of people know the art I do is like texture art, I believe. Texture. But that's the word. Yeah, I'm honestly doing all sorts of stuff. But yeah, I would probably categorize it simply in that way. And mostly it's just I I started sharing this because it was a form of therapy for me. I 
started devoting a couple hours every evening to just creating art. And I started creating pieces from leftover joint compound that we had from home renovations. Yeah. Like I've I've done so much on the house that I know how the joint compound works. And so I saw that texture art and other art was popping up on social media and I was like, I wanna give that a try and I think the joint compound could work. And so started doing that and sharing it was initially a very scary thing. I didn't know that it was very relevant or if I should, if it was on brand. But mm -hmm. one of the promises I made to myself when I started this new account was that I would post what matters to me. So I just started to share and that's how I got the opportunity from Urbana. Amber reached out to host a art workshop. And though I felt very underqualified, I decided to lean into that opportunity. And yeah, it was it was an amazing experience. I feel really honored that they had me and thankful for the people that showed up. That's awesome. And how so you said lean into that opportunity how did would you say that you had some like you also said underqualified which i don't agree with but people would say is imposter syndrome how do you overcome that i think one of the minds mindset shifts that i've had to make in terms of my relationship with imposter syndrome is that imposter syndrome is actually if you shift the perspective it's actually a very positive thing because the more I learn, even when I was doing my master's program, um, I did my master's in acupuncture and holistic medicine, integrative medicine. The more I learn, the more I realize I didn't know. But I think imposter syndrome at the end of the day is just the recognition that there's more to learn and you can either choose to face that with fear or you can choose to face that with curiosity and enthusiasm. And so I think anytime I feel imposter syndrome, that is a sign for me that there's an opportunity to learn. And so even with this workshop, I have a very, like I have a fear of public speaking, mm -hmm. but again, I was like, this, this is an opportunity to learn something and lean into it. And also just trust that people invite me or create reach out with opportunities because they feel like there's something that i can share yeah and i think that's also another thing i've had to learn a little bit of a tangent but i used to grow up being very uncomfortable with compliments and yeah. so my go-to response to like oh any compliment would be to just be self-depreciating and be like oh no i'm not that good or no i'm not that smart but one of the things that I've learned is that when you do that, not only do you dishonor yourself, but you kind of are dishonoring the person who took the time to compliment you. Whoa. It's almost like it's disrespectful because someone took time to observe something about you and yeah. they didn't have to, but they took time, energy to validate you, to acknowledge and appreciate something about you. So when you, shit on yourself you kind of shit on them too and so it's been a learning journey of kind of similarly with the imposter syndrome or whatever it is when people reach out with opportunities or ask me to do something or present an opportunity i feel like that's the same concept it's like 
be honest about where you're coming from and if they they still give you the opportunity i think it would be foolish not to lean into it wow i'm just kind of dissecting that that's i've never thought of it that way right wow uh because i i battle with the same thing when people compliment me too and i'm 30 years old and to this day i'm still like that i you know someone will compliment me like oh no you're lying no you know and so now just shifting that mindset to to oh if you say something like that you're actually shitting on that person that person as well as yourself so sorry yeah yeah it it but it it makes sense because like and it's embarrassing for them too like for someone to like compliment it's it's a vulnerable thing so if you do that then the person who said it is like oh okay so should i not say those sorts of things should i yeah i feel kind of stupid now for saying that and then it creates this negative cycle of us just shitting on ourselves shitting on each other so that we don't get into this practice of giving honest feedback and encouragement and so now i feel like we live in a society when people are too positive or are comp take time to compliment each other people kind of look down on it mm. they're like oh she's fake or he's fake why is he always so positive or why are they always saying nice things but it's like why wouldn't you yeah I love that and that goes into my next question a lot of your content is about like body positivity you do a lot of dancing I love it because you just like and she'll like do reels like it's time for you to move your body and then she'll do a nice little <laughs> and I'm like oh man I just wish I could I could be that confident in in dancing and and like you and Rosie are always dancing together and stuff and I just also I shit on myself I just feel like I can't you know I can't express myself in that way like you know as you get older you you kind of take your creative your creativity and you put it in the back seat like that's how I have evolved I used to be very creative when I was younger as well and now like seeing your content and seeing things like all your dancing and and your art and your house renovations and things like that and you sharing it i feel like it encourages people to be more youthful you know so how do you like get into that mindset of okay today i am going to make a video about moving your body and dancing in front of the mirror that's behind you right now but like oh yeah right here yeah <laughs> i love that i come um, here and i come <laughs> here and i look at her <laughs> anyway um i love a it extra <laughs> i love it I, the question was how do i get into that mindset is that was yeah you meant? i'll be honest not all days i feel up to it and i think part of it is that you give yourself grace on the days you really don't feel like showing like like you can i have chronic autoimmune issues part of which manifests in the form of like eczema and there are days that my skin is in so much pain and it's cracking that i don't feel like filming myself i just I, i'm not comfortable but i think there is a distinct difference between filming yourself to look like someone you're not or a better version of yourself and then filming yourself 
as you are, if that makes sense. And like, it's just the mind, again, it's always comes down to mindset, but I think in the past, even taking, I, being a portrait photographer, naturally, there were opportunities for me to stand in front of the camera. And I remember trying so hard to be a model. I would try to have that serious pose and, and pose a certain type of way, look a type of way, and have my makeup a certain type of way. And anytime I got photos back, I would just felt so hypercritical of myself. But at the end of the day, I realized I was like, that's it's cause I'm not showing up as myself. Why am I trying to take pictures like somebody else? Like, why am I looking serious when most of the time I'm smiling? Most of the time, like, why don't I just take pictures of myself the way that I, naturally am and so yeah that's kind of like a slow mindset shift when i'm when i'm taking videos of myself i'm like listen at the end of the day your body is constantly changing and it doesn't matter if people notice that you gain weight lost weight or you look a type of way like you only have yourself now and actually rosie she i, I actually have something that she wrote on my screen on my screensaver and it just talks about the fact that our body is a vessel for our soul and we started talking about this and i had this realization while i was journaling that my the way my body looks right now or how i look now is merely a manifestation of where my the state of my soul so whatever i'm going through that's what it's going to look like and so I don't need to worry about my body looking a certain type of way. I just need it to, I need to, I need to let it change and become a reflection of my most joyful self. So if for me, I love to dance, yeah. cause not everyone has the time to work out, go to the gym every day, eat a certain type of way. Some people are very good at that. They have the discipline, but for me personally, like, I need something that's adaptable. Eating and being social with my family and loved ones and friends is important. Like yeah. consistency is very difficult, especially when you don't have a nine to five job. And especially when you have a family or a partner you live with, there's so many fluctuating factors that I kind of realized I was like, okay, a lot of expectations that I'm putting on myself in order to give myself permission to post something makes no sense. It's not sustainable. And so now I think it's given me a lot of ease and freedom to create things, under, understanding that, if that makes sense. No, that, that yeah. makes total sense. And do you think that, for example, I know you were talking about your, um, your portrait account or, and you being in front of the camera and you not feeling like that was you. Did you not... Do you not think that that was some sort of art and it was a part of you? Like it, it helped you like step into who you are today, right? Who, who you are authentically. If you didn't go through that, do you think you would be here right now? Oh, no. I think that's, you're absolutely right in that. Everything, none of the dots are disconnected. Yeah. And I feel like the biggest cat like in order to grow you have to have a catalyst and catalyst yeah. usually comes in the form of discomfort change pain heartbreak and so i 
absolutely believe I had to go through all the things that I did, whether it's in my health, physical, mental, emotional, whether it's like the mistakes or realizations I had to go through through my creative journey as a photographer, model, or whatever you want to call it, yeah. in order to kind of troubleshoot. And I think that's like the biggest lesson is that the only way to people talk about listening to your intuition all the time. But I think the only way, and I stand by this fact, I feel like my, your intuition is a very powerful thing. I believe that my intuition is never wrong, but it can be misdirected. So whatever my gut's telling me is right or wrong, or it's leaning a certain direction, I will never know how to tune my intuitive skill until I do something and learn whether it's right or wrong. Mm. And then I can slowly, if that makes sense. No, it makes sense. Yeah. So yes, I all the things that I went through previous to being able to create the to the the way that I do today were all factors and contributed yeah. contributors to that. And if you have to give someone, you know, someone advice that is in content creation and mm. they're trying to find their path but they're not exactly where they want to be what would you advise them to do Ooh, if there was one one thing i could tell people in terms of content creation mm-hmm. i think one i mean again maybe not just one thing but the most like the biggest thing is that nobody cares <laughs> yeah nobody cares like and so you might as well like there's a quote that says speak your truth even though your voice shakes and it's that's that's what i would advise people to do is just speak your truth and when you speak your truth and you let others see that truth it can Mm -hmm. be scary but there's so much opportunity in that because either you will be affirmed and you will fortify lessons you've learned or someone can call you out and you can learn from it you can create a curious and constructive dialogue. But if you don't put yourself out there, the only um, feedback you're getting is within yourself and that's super limited. So I would just encourage people to create and post what resonates with them. It doesn't matter what quality they think it is, just try it and I feel like all the most impactful people on social media are the people who were willing to do that. Like Bretman Rock, like anyone who's followed him from the beginning, he didn't start with high quality videos. He didn't look the way he does now. But I feel like the only reason, not only, but a big reason why people love the Bretman Rock today is because they got to see him become who he is. Versus like people who join social media, very polished. Granted, they will attract people nonetheless, but I personally have always had a soft spot for people like that, like online who I've seen their journey. And so I think there's power to just starting. Yeah. I like that. And just start, I feel like is something that, mm-hmm. I mean, I- just kind of like in all aspects of life if it's not even social but if you have something that you are passionate about it's just just starting 
because like you said no one gives a shit <laughs> yeah nobody like, gives a shit <laughs> no one gives a shit you just get it done and 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 you'll you'll be a-okay um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah so um do you have like a specific routine on your day-to-day because i know that you don't have a nine to five but you have a lot of content to produce because i could never do oh like do you have like do you wake up do you like journal do you go for a run and then you start your content or like what is it oh no oh no like i i think (laughs) I absolutely did before, um, before meeting my boyfriend, actually. I feel like, especially during the pandemic, I really solidified this routine, woke up at a consistent time, exercise first thing, drank a couple, you know, it it was the whole thing. And then I moved in, my boyfriend and I moved in together and that all went to shit. Um, I don't know if it's my personality type as well. Like it's just, for me, integration is so important. I integrating my life and making it work for my loved ones has always been my utmost priority. So once I was with him, me being a morning person, him being an evening person, like I lost all of my routines. And so I'm still in the process of figuring that out, but I don't know. I almost kind of feel like the whole, there's a lot of pressure in society for us to like figure things out by a certain age but I feel like the whole point of life is to keep figuring it out. And like none of the lessons that we learn are meant to stop with us. Like they're passed down. So whatever our parents came and dreams that they had that they didn't complete, it gets passed down to us. Just like generational trauma, the lessons are learned through the generations. So I feel like I'm finally at a place in my life where There's a lot less pressure to have too much structure. And yeah, so I don't, I don't really have a routine just yet. I'm still trying to figure it out. My biggest routine is practicing boundaries. I think anytime I notice that I need to recharge and have alone time to voice that, communicate that, ask for that. If I am craving one-on-one quality time with friends, like, be the person to initiate that and fill my heart with that time. Uh, Making sure I put aside and prioritize time to be with my partner, my boyfriend, to spend quality time together. That's probably the only routine I have. But yeah, even on that topic, kind of tangent, but a lot of people feel like they have to be either or, really structured with routine or like the whole premise of like, what acupuncture and Eastern mm-hmm. medicine philosophies talk about is they both have to exist. The only way you live in health is if both the yin and the yang live together. So structure, spontaneity, like spontaneity have to, there has to be a balance and it's constantly moving. I feel like hopefully a lot of people can resonate with the fact that even when they feel like they establish routines, there will be a point in their life that that routine doesn't make sense or doesn't work anymore, or they find themselves craving spontaneity. And I think that's important to like lean into those things and keeping fluid is what I would say. I like that too, because I, I, 
used to be a very routine orientated person and mm-hmm. then I am not now and it like I literally beat myself up about it you know I oh, like too. oh yeah I beat myself up like I'm like oh remember when I used to wake up at 5 30 a.m and go to the gym and get this done and get that done and I still to this day like I'm like why can't I just be like I used to be and I have also it's still a learning curve to be okay with where you at in that moment um and just enjoying that like you don't have to work out every day at 6 a.m you don't have to work out every day of the week either you can you know be a little slob kebab on the couch if you want to sometimes as long as you are happy in that moment like that's kind of what i'm learning um as time goes by but <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I think that's a really important thing to talk about because when people talk about the law of attraction or manifesting, a lot of times people talk about affirmations and having a part of your day where you speak these positive things into life. But the way law, the law of attraction or energy in general works is wherever you spend most of your time invested in that's the direction your life is going to go so you can do affirmation for 10 minutes a day but if most of the time let's say you're beating yourself up for not sticking to the routine that you used to or if you spend too much time stressing about why you can't build on top of a past version of yourself you actually um, rob yourself your present self of existing and experiencing and unfolding and and becoming kind of thing so at least that I can totally resonate I think I spent the first year of being with my partner doing just that and almost becoming toxically productive even though I'm on a sabbatical from my uh, being an acupuncturist I was always creating a list of things to do and to be productive in order to validate myself and like yeah. my worth and my value and nobody asks that of me I just yeah. like give myself that pressure yeah so, you just pressure yourself yeah. into doing everything yeah. and anything just so you you know you're like oh I, I did stuff today yeah. wow that was so deep I love these conversations <laughs> me too this is, this is fun even yeah, if I love we're it. the only ones if, even if we're the only ones who listen to this no, we got listeners. <laughs> I just love it because it's just, I love getting the different perspectives, you know, and that's yeah. why I decided to do this podcast is because I love learning from other people. I mean, that's the only way you grow, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, I learned a couple of things on this podcast and that's the reason why I want people to listen in because people like me and you and POC and you know BIPOC community and if you're white black I don't care but like I just want to provide a a place where I talk to people like you where it is it's just like learning from each other and understanding that there's no just one way of living and also I feel like it plays the social media part plays into that because sometimes I follow accounts that are super toxic and then I'm getting into my head about how 
shitty my life is and I should be doing a million other things because you know these influencers are doing all these cool things and I'm not doing those cool things and then there's accounts like yours where it's like it's okay to <laughs> be okay <laughs> like like there's just this push and pull that I sometimes mm. battle with and I feel like there's you know if I'm battling with that I'm not saying everyone battles like that but that maybe we can help so- someone one day you know yeah. I think you'd be surprised I think if there's one thing I learned from that art the art workshop that I did is that like I think collectively everyone who came everyone felt that way everyone felt this pressure and need to be perfect and the whole point of them taking this class was to challenge that and to like create intuitive art and be spontaneous and a lot of them had these fears and insecurities that they wouldn't be able to and being in that community space i think empowered everyone because they could encourage and feed off of each other's like enthusiasm versus had they not shown up they would have just continued feeding their own fear yeah. and that negative voice in their head yeah so totally totally and mm. if you could give your younger self advice what would you say i give myself i mean i'd say a lot of things yeah <laughs> i definitely would if i could give myself i think my biggest pain as a child growing up i was very starved for love i was the black sheep in my family I was bullied from elementary all the way to high school. So there was this like desperation and starvation for love. Mm. And I spent a lot of time seeking it elsewhere. And because I gave that power to external things, whether it's people or things, I didn't start finding myself until like well into my 30s <laughs> I think I would just tell her that um once like it's okay to stand up for yourself and two just like just do you boo boo like that's <laughs> like probably what I would tell her I feel like I spend so much time trying to be somebody else for everybody else so just be yeah. somebody for you I love Uh, yeah. seriously because i just have been battling with that lately myself is i've been my also my whole life i wanted to be somebody for other people's and i i would always want outside validation to make me feel better about myself oh i'm a good person because this person told me or like i always was seeking that so yeah i love it like be somebody for yourself mm-hmm. that's what you should take away from this today is be someone for yourself because at the end of the day you're the only one that has your back you know that's right mm-hmm. <laughs> number one supporter is you <laughs> that's right um, yeah so mignon can you give us all your social handles so the peeps can follow you and and enjoy your content to be honest i deactivated and deleted a lot of my stuff the only platform I currently have is my Instagram and that's yep. at it's me omylee. Oh mm-hmm. Hopefully we'll start a YouTube channel next year, but for now it's just Instagram. So <laughs> I love it and I'll have it in the show notes and uh I feel like that's it for today's podcast. I hope you guys 
enjoyed <laughs> chatting to me and not chatting uh listening to minyang and i and if you look in the show notes i have her instagram and if you want to be on live to thrive podcast make sure to reach out to me um on my instagram or you can email me but that's it for today thank you everyone bye, bye. <laughs> That's all for today's show. I hope you've taken plenty of notes and ready to start making real shifts and shakes in your life. Until next week, connect with me on Instagram at LiveToThrivePod. That's L-I-V-E-T-O-T-H-R-I-V-E-P-O-D. Don't forget to rate the show on iTunes or Spotify. Ratings help us keep showing up for you. Till next time, see you then.